are you listening to? You're listening to the Get to Know Podcast. So this is Liam and you're locked into the Get to Know Podcast. Big up yourself if you are listening right now. I appreciate you. Now, my guest today is someone I've known for a while, but I am honoured that he has come on. He's a big dog in the game. If you're a baller or you're a rapper and you're looking to get some fresh ice, chances are you're going to go to this guy. He's worked with the likes of Big Nasty, Jay Huss, Christian Benteke, Wilfred Zaha, just to name a few. I'm telling you, if I ever go to this guy for some jewels, best believe I've made it. (laughs) But until then, I will stick to interviewing him. I'm looking forward to you hearing this. So, yeah, here we go. Okay, we're locked in. It's the Get to Know podcast, and, and I am joined by the Ice King himself, Zoli to sell. How you doing, bro? I'm all right, I'm all right. I can't complain, you know. Good man, good. It's good to see you again. So, for the listeners, I actually went to uni with Zoli. Um, yeah, so firstly, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. I know you're a busy man now. <laughs> and secondly, Rob, it, it actually warms my heart to see you winning, man. Like I'm seeing all the snaps, I'm seeing the celebs, I'm seeing the ice. I'm thinking, my guy, my yeah, guy. So yeah. big up yourself, man. It's been a long time coming, to be fair, but yeah, we're, we're getting there. Yeah, man. Glad to hear it. Well, we'll find out a little bit more about your journey. Uh, but before we go into that, we're actually going to do the quick fire round. So I'm just going to ask you a series of questions. Yeah. I'm going to give you two options for each uh, and then you just give me the your preferred option. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. So starting with English or maths? Maths. Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Okay. Films or TV series? TV series. Nice. Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation, that one's easy. (laughs) Cats or dogs? Uh, Dogs. Apple or Android? Apple. Nike or Adidas? I want to go with Nike. Kanye West or Jay-Z? Jay-Z. Spider-Man or Batman? Spider-Man. Easy. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Finally, winter or summer? Summer, 100%. Who would pick winter? You'd be surprised, man. Like, to me, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> but... It was a Christmas, Bob. But, like, do you know what I mean? I don't see anyone else would pick winter, to be honest. In it. All right. So, Zoli, talk to me a little bit about you know you growing up and and how your passion for drawing and designing started. Yeah. Um. All right. Where do I start? Um. In terms of drawing, I've been drawing um ever since I could remember. To be honest, um, probably by the age of like five, six. Um. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do when I went into school. To be honest, um, just probably like everyone. Um. 
And uh, what was good about my school growing up in Tottenham is that um, they actually put on a little scheme for like um, kids. I think maybe it was around maybe year eight, year nine. So how do you around there? About 13, 14. Um, a little like, questionnaire that was designed through games on the internet. Um, I can't remember what site it was called. Um, and what, what happened is it, it chose um, three of your best qualities. So what you were good at, what you enjoyed. Um, and from from what, you, what you're good at, what you enjoyed. And also there was one other tick box, which was a criteria, which was, um, I don't know, what would make you financially stable. So when you have a mixture of those three, um, it kind of turns out like a few options for career paths. So uh, I think mine was, I think I enjoyed um, art. I was good at like maths and science. And then obviously through some sort of algorithm, they come up with architecture. Um, and then lo and behold, obviously that's why I met you in uni, I was doing architecture. Um, completed that course after three years, went into practice for about another three years. So I think it's like six years in total from college to actually going full-time into jewellery was about six six years from college. Um, I just realised that that's not what I wanted to do um, when I was in practice in the office. Um, just wasn't enjoying myself. And I kind of realised that if you don't look up to the peers above you, um, you're eventually going to be like them. So, <laughs> so if you see that as a dark road, then I definitely think you should um, change career paths. Because if, if your seniors aren't what you aspire to be, then it's a little bit of a problem. So um, I, luckily, I saw that. Luckily, I saw that kind of early. And to be fair, it was around the time that um, my mum was always talking about retiring as well. And um, to be fair, even though she loved what she'd done, she didn't like going into work every day, which is like most people. And I just didn't want to. And you got to remember, you spend most of your time in the workplace. So I didn't want to spend my life not wanting, hating Mondays and just waiting for the weekend. And that's what made me take that leap. Um, so from the age of older I think about 24 23 maybe that's when I quit my job um and went full steam ahead with the jewelry when you first kind of you know the machine kind of said yeah um, architecture how did you feel about that did you think okay yeah that's a bit of me yeah I did no I did and to be fair I enjoyed it I did enjoy it all the way up into uni um even in practice a bit I did enjoy it but you know it was it was more of the attitude of my colleague maybe it was the company I don't know maybe if I tried a few companies maybe it would have been different or maybe if I didn't have this extra opportunity, I would have maybe deep dived in it a little bit more and tried other avenues within the same um, sector. But it was just a company that I was working for. A lot of people around me, especially the people above me, didn't seem like they enjoyed what they was doing. Um, and also got to think of, even though it's a bit, a bit materialistic, you also got to think of obviously the pay package. So I didn't like what the people above me were on financially. And I also didn't like the attitude towards work. So. The, the two together kind of made my decision for me, if I'm honest. And luckily, I was young enough to make that jump because some people, I don't know, it's, it might be harder if I was 30. If I had like two mortgages, I had like four kids or whatever it is, three kids, whatever, how, how many kids you got, if you, whether you got children or luckily at the time, I'm still very young because you got to remember, um, it all could have gone to all could have gone to shit, to be honest. If, <laughs> you know what I mean? It all could have gone down the drain, really and truly. But I would have been young enough to bounce back anyway, luckily. Thankfully, hasn't done yet. So, I, yeah, I guess it's an ideal situation because if you're you're young and you've you've got your degree, you've you've got that experience of, of working in the firm. So, if it went wrong, you 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 could have kind of you could afford to kind of take that chance, which is good and it looks like it's it's paid off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so far, yeah. So, how did how did um, 
you know. How did the partnership get? Yeah, okay, cool. So in from the, from the age of maybe like 17, 16, um, people like, for instance, uh, we had like mock, you know mock tests? Remember mock tests in college? So I had a mock test and I, I drew like a massive Wiz Khalifa, like um, memorial sort of thing, like acrylic. It was like about, it was it was it was a good it was a decent size about the size of like a door frame it was quite massive so um oh wow and then what happened is obviously that doesn't go for judging um that was just literally a mock test so what they did is they just hung hung the painting up in um our cafeteria area and like a girl that was in the year below me came up to me she was like yo um my brother's um started a company and um it's just him at the moment, but he needs some designs. Um, could I put you in contact with him and then you guys can have a chat and then hopefully you could draw a few pieces for him. Um, so yeah, got in contact with him, who's our business partner at the moment now. And um, I drew one design for him, he paid me some money. Then he's like, look, I need 10 rings. I was like, okay, cool. Um, two 10 rings at the time. Then obviously after time, after time it's like, I'm drawing like, for, I went from drawing one piece to like the whole catalogue within the space of like two, three years. So even up until first year of uni, I was still drawing these designs for him. So we've been working realistically, look, I'm 20, I just turned 28 last month. We've literally been working for like 11 years together. Um, so once I was getting like, you know, it's like freelance work really, but I was only working for one person, but freelance. So it's like, I was like making my way through uni, do you know what I mean? You know the days when people don't have money, everyone, oh, not now, but everyone was broken uni before. So it's like, it helped with the bills, it helped with, do you know what I mean? Going out on Wednesday night, student night, it always helped. So it was always nice to have that extra little bit of income. And it was like stuff that I enjoyed rather than actually having to get a part-time job. So from, we used to have meetups and used to be like, you know what, um, I'm looking for like a business partner, but. I know obviously you're very, you're still at, you're still in uni, you're still going through what you need to go through. So I'm not going to put any pressure on you. Fine. He said it once. Um, I was like, I wasn't even taking that too seriously. I was like, you know what? I don't really, I, I didn't care about it too much. It was just something I was doing on the side. Um, and then went into practice. So from after three years of doing architecture um, degree, uh, got my degree and went into practice the next year. And um, for the first year, it was new and exciting. For the second year, you start making obviously acquaintances. You start hearing people's pers other people's personal journeys. Um, you start obviously getting involved in the office banter. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I just didn't. I just didn't. I just didn't like the industry. Um, it's probably even worse for women, to be honest. It's a very um, male-dominated um, um, career path, and also. It's very elitist, like it's very middle class. Like even the course, to be fair, is a very expensive course. So I don't see anyone coming from like um under um, underprivileged background being able to even finish the course without needing to do like some ex extensive part time work to even get through the modules. <laughs> so when you get through the other side, you really see the type of people um, who can make it that far. Uh, to, to be fair, anything's possible. Don't ever get me wrong, but. There's obviously a pattern here, um, and obviously it changes the industry and the way it works as well. So um, there will be no nepotism in my favour in that industry. Put it that way. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, after seeing all these things and really getting involved and really getting, you know, what I mean, getting really stuck in, um, 
my business partner was like, look, okay, uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have um, a little a little branch out here um, to make the company bigger. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna go to Miami. They have like conventions, like jury conventions. You know, they do have for other industries as well. Yeah. So they have like jury conventions. The master convention turned out. You set up a stall, and everyone within the industry comes. And that's where I got to see a lot of the people that I see on Instagram. You know, these famous people like all fame in the jury world. Like I don't know Johnny Dang and. Um, Eliante, Frankie Diamonds. Um, if you're in the jury industry, you, you, you know them. They do like jury for like the Migos and uh, do you know what I mean? And um, and Gucci Mane and all those guys that buy like ridiculous pieces. They all come to that convention. So he was like, you know what, mate, take some annual leave and then we'll work in Miami for this convention. And then obviously you'll just come back. I said, you know what? I've never been to Miami before, even though it's work. It, it, do you know what I mean? It's like an opportunity that I really can't pass up on at the moment. Um, yeah, so booked annual leave. Um, I was about 23, I think, at this point. Went to Miami, um, and it'll be fair to say, actually, changed my perspective. I came back and I was like, yeah, I'm quitting my job. You <laughs> made quite a lot of money over the, like, the first three days. Um, things were going well, and that's when I, I would truly say I really decided to take that leap and say, yeah. Um, let me try let me try my hand in the jewelry industry and creating these pieces of artwork in the form of gold and diamonds <laughs> and then it's been like roller coasters since then so like these jewelry conventions probably happen about like three times a year so there's like one in miami there's one in vegas i'm pretty sure if you follow me on instagram and snap you've seen like me at these shows over the last few years obviously because of corona i was kind of messed it up but but before then, I was going to America, yeah, quite a few times out of the year to, to go to these conventions and mostly that to make connections with other people in America because we ship worldwide. So going to America, that's where the, that's where the hub of, and I hate calling it this, but it is what it is. It's hip hop jewelry, isn't it? It's not like fine art. It's it's more like the big stuff, like, do you know what I mean? Like diamonds and Rolexes and stuff. So it's like, it's not, it's not dainty. It's not thin. It's more like, do you know what I mean? Big show of pieces. So what was it about that one trip that was just like, yeah, I need to, I need to quit my job. This isn't freedom, freedom, freedom. Like, you know what? More, more of the time, you're you're at work, you're in an office. Even, um, even when um your office decides to give you maybe like a, a day out or a client meeting, it's still very restricted. Do you know what I mean? You're still in an office all day, and it's like I don't know normal hours. What are they now? Nine to five thirty, whatever it is. It's like you're very confined to one space and it's more more to do with financial freedom and ownership. Um, so within when where I'm when I'm at the beginning of, of this journey, I'm right at the end of not the end, but I'm 
I'm, I have no say in that other massive corporation. In this, in this small, confined company at the beginning, I can make a lot of decisions. You can make a lot of um, influence and you can also push it in a direction that um, we wanted to push it into. There was no one, do you know what I mean, controlling this small circle of ours at the time. Obviously, it's a lot bigger now. But back then, there was literally just me, him, um, his cousin and a backpack of jewellery. There was no office. We were like, there was no, do you know what I mean? There was no hat and garden store. There was no employees. It was literally just us lot and a backpack full of designs that I've drawn up. <laughs> That's it. So it was really, it was really, a, it was a big leap. It was exciting. And if I'm totally honest, I don't think I'll have the energy to start it now. <laughs> but, at least we're here now. At least we're here now. Planning that. That's all I'm saying. Of course. So, talk mm. to me about. So, you've got. You've come back. You've had this. Um. You know. You've had this great journey. Is this? Uh, sorry. This great trip. Yeah. So, talk to me about yeah. how that has turned into you having this this hat and garden store. Okay. So, as I said, after I come back, I handed in my notice. <laughs> so, um, and we still didn't have an office. Um. We work, we have a, a factory um, which, Mac, uh, which Batch produces all of uh, my designs. So we started off just doing wholesale. So the basic business plan or the basic structure of the company is I design an array of uh, um, pendants, rings, uh, chains, um, all sorts, bangles. Um, we would get them made. Um, and what we would do is we would literally get a backpack of jewelry or go to any of the local jewelry stores remember we're working from my business partner's like auntie's house we're not even we haven't even got an office so it's like we get we'll get a backpack of jewelry we'll literally walk into the store we look like customers to be fair and at first it's hard to break that mold because we look like the, the normal clientele who buy the jewelry the jewelry owners weren't taking us seriously as wholesalers so even the first few, like, even the first couple of years, we used to try and make ourselves look, like, extra smart. We used to wear, like, I don't know, like, suits all the time, even during the summer, like, coming boiling blazers with backpacks. But obviously, after a while, the jewelry stores um, get to know your face and they realise and they know the brand, so you don't need to do all the extra stuff. But first impressions, I would say, definitely a big factor. But anyway, so coming into the jewelry stores with backpacks, meant like, hey, this is Ice Jewels, we have this on offer, show a catalogue, do you want to see the pieces? Literally just took the backpack off and show him some of the pieces that we had in store and they would literally just pick them up. They just picked them up and, and and then eventually we built up um, built up um, a system of maybe like 10, 15 stores who would buy like weekly, um, realising that the workload is too much for two people, um, a business partner obviously will hire family members like we'll get people on even his girlfriend at the time was working he was she was doing the orders online she was shipping them out and we were still going around to wholesalers i mean and jewelry stores local jewelry stores we have like south london north london west london with all those i don't know if whoever buys jewelry can know all those like turkish jewelry shops um if you're from north london you know green lanes you know wood green um even in peckham south london so we we, we definitely did the rounds um and eventually we gathered up obviously enough monthly income to have like um, an office space um doing the same thing on a bigger level from the office space we managed to save enough money to get a deposit for a store in Hatton garden and that's when the level like went up again so we had to hire staff do up the shop and now we're a retail store and wholesale 
Whereas before it was more just website and wholesale. Um, so now we're definitely taking it to a different level. And we're actually getting a new store um, in Hatton Garden as well. So it'll be the second store now. Um, and it'll be open in February. Yeah, I was wondering what that was. I was going to ask you about that um, because I remember seeing on your snap like the, the kind of renovations going on. So I was, I was a bit curious. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a new store, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big leap upstairs and downstairs. Going to have a lounge, um, an office area, um, and the showroom is definitely the biggest in Europe. I wouldn't say America, but definitely the biggest store in Europe to date, hundred percent for this type of jewelry. So for for hip hop jewelry. Wow, that's sick, man! Like honestly, you're killing it. <laughs> As I said, um, my business partner, who was before, remember, he's actually he actually started the company before I was involved, and it was just him. So it only started to like kick up a notch when we weren't just buying jewelry and selling it. We were literally making our, our own designs. And because we were quite young at the time, we we're still young now, but you're always on trend. So like obviously in hip hop, like the, the, the jewelry, this jewelry industry kind of directly follows um, like rap and hip hop almost like simultaneously. So any anything that comes up, like, I don't know, like new catchphrases, new words, all of that stuff, it's like instantly the next week or so, you'll find it on a jewelry piece. So like when people say the greatest of all time go, as soon as that, as soon as people started saying that, made a jewelry piece. Do you know what I mean? So those things like that, are, if you're current, uh, um, and to be fair, we actually, we've hired a few younger people who we were, who how old we were when we started, but that will always be, it will always be today because obviously right now I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not always onto the latest music and stuff, but we've got people that are like 21 working for us that are always going to be on the ball. They always need the latest trend. So I always, even when I'm designing, I always get them involved. I'll be like, yo, so what do you think is nice? What do you think is cool? And do you know what I mean? Because things always develop. So, and I've got to realise I'm not like, I'm not 21 anymore. So <laughs> I'm not always going to have the best opinion on that for, for our customers. So I definitely have to keep up to date. And how important do you think it is that you are based in Hatton Garden, which is essentially, you know, the jewelry capital of, of yeah. London? Um, it is. It's an amazing asset, to be honest. Uh, the rent is really high, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's, um, it is important. I wouldn't say it's crucial or essential to our growth, but it's definitely important because you can make connections. Um, within obviously the, the the industry um and you can definitely network so even though there's a lot of competition it's kind of healthy because you need someone to give you like a kick up the ass every now and again do you know what i mean mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes you like to put it in you know what i mean in coast mode and you don't realize that do you know what i mean it, it is a comp at the end of the day you are in competition with your neighbor but it's friendly competition. It's always nice, do you know what I mean? So it, it's always nice to, to have something that helps you grow. Um, and also, it's also nice to have like the support as well. So, so it's a bit, it's like good and bad, but more good than bad, let's say. And when you say, you know, the support, what, what do you mean by that? For instance, um, you'll find that in the jewelry industry, it's very tight knit. So if you're not, if you're, if you're not, which we had the same problem, if you're not a part of it from the beginning, or know someone who knows someone, it's very hard to get access to to certain that like maybe uh, watches or, or, or certain favors you might need. So for instance, not all, a lot of jewelry stores don't do their own work. A lot of jewelry stores just buy and sell. Um, so for instance, if we uh, have, we have like a jewelry, uh, a diamond set up in our office, 
if he decides to quit one day or has to work somewhere else or whatever problem in this climate it might happen um it's always nice to know in hatton garden you have workshops everywhere you have workshops everywhere you have diamond dealers everywhere you can buy all your stuff you can buy gold diamonds get work done in hatton garden and these are your neighbors so it's not for instance if i worked in if the store was in maybe west london or i don't know north london anywhere else that is not hatton garden you would have to make that trip every day or every week or but you would have like whoever whoever owns a jewelry store that's not in hatton garden still has to come to hatton garden does that make sense yeah it's easier just to be there anyway so and have like anyone at your beck and call not at your beck and call whoever whoever obviously obviously you're, you're in cahoots with yeah whoever whoever supports you you can get that support easily so and they're your neighbors so as i said it's it's very accessible and practical if you're if you're on a jewelry store and um, why do you think it is so like tight-knit and difficult to get your foot in the door it's hard to trust people with a lot of stuff lying around so for instance it's not like um it's not like a retail store um, where if someone nicks one item, what's that, £50, £100? If you nick one item in our store, you could potentially be leaving with a good payday. So, And they're small items. So you could you could have a handful of stuff and leave with like half a million. A handful. So, do you know what I mean? How, how much clothes would you have to steal before, before you get to half a million? <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, so you need people around you that can trust, um, that you can trust um, with like high volumes of cash, and expensive items that are really small. Um, so that's why nobody allows anyone that's not family or known each other for a considerable amount of years to work in, the, in their jewelry store, or even get too close or get to, to, to the back or the office of any jewelry store. It's just, it's just high risk. That's all it is, really high risk. Um, and you wouldn't like to, to lose any amount of money, especially a lot of, a lot of money just based on someone stealing one diamond. So it's, it, it, it's a bit risky. Of course. So uh, you did just kind of touch on it. So what are the the challenges, the main challenges that you've had to, to overcome? Okay, that's a, and how did you overcome them? That's a big one. Um, we just touched on the trust issue. You can't really hire anyone. At, so for instance, you couldn't put an ad on LinkedIn. You wouldn't be able to do that. You can't just you can't just put an ad in your I don't know uh, local newspaper or local ad on, on online. You can't. It, it's not possible because you would need to. It would need to be like an extended family member. Or someone you've known, as I said, for a considerable amount of years. So we've had, we have had a problem with that. Um, also, just because, to be fair, as I said, we've been doing it for all growing consistently for like ten years. Brian has been doing it ever since he was sixteen, and he's like my business partner's like how old is he now? Like thirty. So he's been doing it for like fifteen years, fifteen, fourteen years, and I've been I've been designing jewelry for like eleven years. So it seems it seems like quick growth because. It's all just happened in the last maybe five, maybe five, four years. It's been a, a quick, rapid um, acceleration, but it's been a long time. Do you know what I mean? So what I would say is that because we're always trying to grow, apart from seeing the business flourish, we're not really, you, you, you're not really seeing the benefits as yet. But soon enough, we're at a certain level where we feel like we can spend money on ourselves and rather than the growth, then you're, then you're really going to see, you're really going to see lifestyle. <laughs> Oh, really, I'm really sure you've just been putting back in. For instance, we only got that store two, three years ago, the one in Hatton Garden, and now we're making a bigger, another one. So a lot of money has been spent on that as well. So, so that's what I would say. It's hard to... You need to put your eggs in the right basket, and it's hard to reap the benefits if you don't grow rapidly. 
and also as a trust issue because you've got a lot of expensive items that are, are really small and could, could be stolen at any moment and you're dealing with high volumes of cash so it, it's it's really a mixing pot of just trust growth and money organization that will save our biggest our biggest problems and uh, what's the best part of the job um, I would say like, okay, as you've seen on Snap, I don't think oh, anyone that knows me on Snap is like, I, uh, occasionally when I meet like high-end clients and stuff, we get to like, we get to go out, party with them. And it's like more like, even though it's a social aspect, it's also work and building connection. So I'd say that's probably a major part of the job. Um, and also something that is really enjoyable. But also what I would say, away from the party in front is also i like to see people happy with like a piece of art that i've made so it's always nice to see and all the company gets it even if from from the person who um organized the deal to me who designing it to the person who delivers the piece um you can all feel a sense of um accomplishment once the jewelry piece is made and also once the client picks up the piece but i say that's a very big part of it um, to feel fulfilled within the work that you've been doing but again also I say is the, so the social aspect is really nice as well um, I've seen a lot of places I've been to like Vegas New York um, Miami um, um, all these all these high-end places that I probably wouldn't have had the time to go to before and also as work so it's nice to have play and work in the same in the same um, mixing yeah I bet so uh, what's been like one of your favorite kind of social experiences that you've had as, as kind of part of the job? Like, going to Vegas yeah. is probably one of the best ones, but also just meeting like, footballers. Like, I mean, to be fair, I'm not, the, I'm not the biggest football fan, but I've met a lot of footballers that I probably wouldn't have even bumped into before. So for instance, I met like Raheem Sterling, I met like um, Marcus Rashford, like Wan Bissaka, a lot of the Manchester team. Um, I met um, Awobi um, when he was playing at Everton and when he was at Arsenal. So I've I've met a few people that I've seen play a lot of good games on TV. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I so if that. you're a football fan, it's definitely a nice industry to be. In. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not using what man you. Uh, Liverpool. Liverpool. So who have I met anyone from Liverpool? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think I've done any piece with anyone at Liverpool. You're not yet, anyway. You um, well, you worked on the the Pepsi campaign, and Mo Salah was in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Um, we didn't actually do a piece for him, but yeah, I did work on the Pepsi campaign. That was that was a bit of fun. Um, that was like three, four days of shooting, I think. And to funny enough, it was in Liverpool. The shoot was actually in Liverpool. Um, it was it was nice. I got to. Bring a lot of the footballers um, and like see how the advert process is made, which is which is really interesting to be honest. Like, I didn't realize they had like all had stunt doubles. I didn't I didn't know that. Um, really? Yeah, like most of the videos, not even them. Like when you see their face, it's them, and that's the only time it's them. So if the guy if he's running away from the camera and you just see the back of his head or the side, or it's just his footwork, it's never him. It's, it's, it's just a stunt double and then when you see the face that's when it's they only in they only shoot for a little bit and leave then the stunt double does the rest of the work <laughs> it's actually quite crazy but um but yeah no that was a very good experience um and i was honored to be a part of the advert but the only thing that kind of messed up was that because it was delayed massively because of corona like massively i shot that age we shot that ages ago 
So uh, talk to me about your role in that. Um, it was actually, this is where social media plays a big part because obviously there's a lot of people working on that shoot. So there's like a, obviously a, 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 let's say a wardrobe, a fashion department within obviously, within obviously the, the, the whole, what say crew, I would say the whole film crew. Who, to someone who does a lot of big shoots, so for instance, he does like Stormzy, Ed Sheeran, she was obviously employed for, or that team was obviously employed for this advert. They've seen us on social media and they've reached out to us like, hey, I like your jewelry. Um, long and short of it is that they've announced that they're doing a Pepsi shoot. Um, can we have a Zoom meeting? And things just actually kind of snowballed. Um, since that Zoom meeting, they just asked us, look, can you bring down some pieces? This is the kind of stuff we're looking for. We've looked at your website. And really it was just like, we was a part of, we was a part of um, the, the the more, the wardrobe team. And and it's just like, obviously just fitting, fitting the um, footballers with whatever style fit their outfit at the time. So it was a good experience. Um, and I didn't realize how, how, how the attention to detail really plays a big part in those adverts. Because what happens is if if his stunt double was wearing a different set of jewelry to him in one of the shoots, it like messes up everything. <laughs> so it was, a, it, was a, it was a nice experience just to see how they shoot those those adverts, yeah. This is Iman Lake and you're listening to the Get To Know podcast. So what is uh, the creative process like for you? Um... I enjoy it as long as the time restrictions aren't too aren't too stringent. Um, I like to take time. I like to make revisions. Um, and to be fair, it is quite enjoyable for me because I'm I'm in the initial schematic design stage. So I would just literally draw something on a piece of paper, probably make a few revisions, and um, once I make the CAD design from my initial schematic drawing, um, we send it to get waxed. So it's, it's, and you know what it is? It's like, I feel like a lot of the old school jewelers don't like the way we do it because obviously as as technology um, obviously develops, the, the process changes. So uh, let's say 10 years ago, they had to uh, carve, carve all the wax molds by hand. What we're doing is I'm making a drawing, I make like a 3D image on a computer and, it, and you can print that in wax. So a lot of jewelers, jewelers started to use it like now the last three, four years, but they weren't doing that before. And a lot of old jewelers kind of frown upon it because it like it takes away from that handmade craft. Um, so once it's printed from the wax mold, you have to set the stones, like you have to drill the metal and set the stones in it. Um, so to be fair, I'm more to do, more to do with the design aspect. So I, I really enjoy that. Um, and is as I, and I get to say, it's really fulfilling to see it come out exactly how it comes out on a piece of paper, um, from start to finish, getting to view the whole process. Um, so yeah, it is it isn't really an extensive extensive process, but it does take a lot of time. So you got to remember. So some of the pieces are quite big. So if you have got a piece that's about the same size as an iPhone, it probably holds around let's say 700 diamond. So imagine you have to drill 700 holes and individually and put each stone in one by one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very it's a very tedious task and it does take quite a long time so uh, i'm glad i'm not doing that part <laughs> so what's your favorite piece that you've designed 
there's one that's coming out soon that you're gonna see. I'll definitely, I'll definitely say that it's coming out soon, and th this is gonna be my favorite piece. Okay. So, talk to me about how the, the BBC feature uh, came about. Oh yeah, do you know it just reminded me of a lot of stuff. I need to teach you this all these things. Um, that came about through social media as well. So I would say the bigger, do you know what it is? I, a business that was made 50, 100, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, hasn't got the, the pleasure of, um, of advertising and stuff via social media. And um, it's actually a shame because if you do it right, you do get a lot of opportunities that you wouldn't necessarily get if you didn't have that sort of, um, that sort of grasp and that influence. So definitely, Social media has provided us with a lot of opportunities. And it's exactly the same thing, Liam. They literally just like said, hey, like your stuff, we wanna, we need this. I was actually a, a director that does a lot of the um, after, after match of the day um, little segments. He was like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for a segment. He normally does customization. So it wasn't, to be fair, this wasn't necessarily about jewelry. It was more about customization. So what happened is he'd interviewed a few people. So he has a few episodes. There's a guy that sources clothes for footballers. Like, yeah, I saw that. Like exclusive clothes for footballers. Like he has episodes. There's, there's a guy that um, um, cuts their hair like a barber. So he has like a barber to the footballers. And then this was like jewelry to the footballers. So yeah, there was different episodes, episodes, episodes. I was just one in a series of, of episodes. But it was, it was amazing because it was like even when I saw my brother videoed it and he showed me because obviously he's an avid football fan and he actually watched Match of the Day and he saw me coming after. He's like, "What the hell, man?" Because <laughs> I didn't tell him about it before I was on TV. So he saw me on TV, which was, which was good. Um, and uh, again, again, bringing back to social media, that's exactly where they contacted us. They literally two man over an email after they saw me on social media and said, "Hey, would you like to be involved?" And one thing led to another. So in that video, am I right in saying that? your associate he gave Zaha a pendant when he saw him and just like take it oh yeah he watched that yeah, yeah, yeah um do you know what's funny that little segment is for something else that's on link up tv oh yeah 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 so if you watch if, if you watch the bbc uh video properly on the corner actually says sourced from that yeah link I, yeah TV. i saw that, that segment was a part of a different video where link up tv have another series about jewelry and we was on one of those. We were on one of those episodes. And yeah, you're right. And one of those episodes, Zaha came. And do you know, what it is it's links. It's all links back to what I said about the job, about doing the whole social thing. It doesn't necessarily lead to a sale directly, but because of that night, he went and got something a lot bigger. And to be fair, that's one of my top five pieces as well. Come to think about it. But um, yeah, Wolfred Zaha, my colleague saw, my business partner saw him in a, in a club in Miami. Um, and they're having a great time, this, that, and the other. And he liked the pendant he was wearing on his neck. And he said, There you go, have it. I'll see you. I'll see you another time. I'll see you like tomorrow or whenever. Yeah, because he knew he was there for a few days, it was kind of sneaky to be honest, because it was kind of like, This is like I'm making sure I'm going to see you again. <laughs> I'm trying to explain it to but it's like, Here you go. I'll see you around. Like, do you know what I mean? He's not going to run away. It's like, do you know what I mean? And you can't do that with everybody, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, he got to everybody, but he made a decision, and he's probably quite drunk at the time, to be honest. But anyway, he's done. <laughs> he's given him the piece of jewelry, and lo and behold, like the next day they met, they met again. They kind of like had like a joint holiday after that. Um, 
and then and then yeah so when they both reached back to the uk it was like yeah well i want to get something made for myself and then yeah that's just that's just set in stone after that and uh, I also saw in that video that you kind of you went to Juan Bissaka's house, you know, met his dog, yeah, played yeah, FIFA. Yeah, yeah. So who won? Um, oh, my Biden actually won. My colleague actually, actually did he win? I can't remember. It was years ago now. <laughs> I think Aaron actually lost. I think Aaron. Yeah. Won. yeah Aaron, no, Aaron lost. Aaron lost. But they played a few games. It wasn't like just one game. They played a yeah. Few. I think Aaron lost. Aaron, Aaron definitely lost. But do you know what it is? I think. Aaron's got a new house now, so I think I think if they go again and play again, Aaron's definitely not going to let him win. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, my colleague actually played with Manchester United. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, obviously you're clearly making a name for yourself. The business is doing great. So what I want to know is what what does success mean to you? What does it look like to you? Freedom, like financial freedom. I want to be able to like take. If I would say, and it's funny because my, my my colleague said this to me the other day, or my um, he said to me, he said, if you have to work every day in your business, then it's not really a business. You're just you're just you're just a, the the head worker in in within within. Do you know what I mean? Within an organization. Um, so I think for me, success would be like financial freedom. If I want to take like a a break for like three months and still have some passive income and not have to work that's that's freedom to me when if i can take holiday whenever i want to take a holiday obviously you have to keep yourself busy but i would like a few business a few businesses that can make money while i don't have to be there every single day um that would probably be in a nutshell my term of success whether whether it's just i don't know whether i'm earning just like an average an average paycheck but not having to go in that's success for me so it wouldn't be like millions or millions would be more so that if I want to take a break, when I want to take a break, I can do it. So in a nutshell, financial freedom is my definition of success. Yeah, hear that. Yeah. And uh, what advice would you give to say aspiring business owners? You know, maybe someone that's got an idea, but it's not been executed yet. Try, <laughs> just try. Um, you're probably going to fail the first few times, which is fine. Um, and I would say winners are just people that have failed a lot more times than you have. <laughs> so I'd say just try, just keep on going. Um, and you know, as you never know where somewhere's not where something's gonna go uh, unless you really, really stick at it and you really put your effort in. So you can have as many business plans as you want. Like if you don't execute any of them, not really much point in having them is there. So I would say try, tr plan obviously, but try to execute a lot more than a lot more than you plan because a lot of people do have their head screwed on and they do plan for a very long time it's just that leap of faith that they that they're missing so i say be a risk taker that's how i'd say nice one thank you what's next on the horizon for you i know you've touched on it already but um yes uh, expansion so once we open this new store there's going to be a lot more space um and we'll get i'll probably be getting closer and closer to that to that um the stage where i don't have to be in as much in fact i even see it over the last few months even in the last year i can still see it where i don't have to be in as much as i was before the business kind of works um without me do you know what i mean micromanaging everything so that would probably be the next step is the expansion and making sure that the wheel keeps churning 
without me needing to be on a bloody treadmill. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. All right, thank you. All right, now next segment, just before we go, is the trivia section. So I'm going to ask you a few questions on jewellery uh, and we'll see you get on. So it's five questions. Yeah. All right. Let's go. All right, so first question, what do you call the study of precious and semi-precious stones? Is it A, gemology, B, stonology, or C, rockology? <laughs> That's what's easy. Gemology. All right, that is correct. Yeah. All right. Second question. In what year was the Hatton Garden heist? A, 2014, B, 2015, or C, 2016? Ooh, those years are really good. I actually don't know this one. Um, I know exactly what heist you're talking about, though. Yeah. This day. Oh, my God. 2014, I'd say. Uh, it's wrong. It's actually 2015. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. A carrot. To be fair, Sorry, we weren't even in we weren't even in Hatton Garden at that point. Yeah, to be true, <laughs> true. But I don't know, you still might know it. Like you've heard of the heist though, so yeah. yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I know the highs very well. I just don't know what year it was that. I was close. Alright, next question. A carrot is a unit of weight approximately equal to how many milligrams? A fifty, B one hundred, or C two hundred? So that question again, a carrot weight, a carrot weight in diamond is equal to what? Uh, a carrot is a unit of weight approximately equal to how many milligrams? So how many milligrams in a carrot? Oh, okay. How many milligrams in a carrot? Oh my days. Approximately. Approximately 100 milligrams in a carrot. Ooh, unlucky. It's actually 200. Seriously? Yeah, man. That's embarrassing. <laughs> They do, their questions do get a bit harder, to be fair. All right, what is yeah. the largest diamond ever found? Is it A, the Great Mogul, B, the Cullinan, or C, the Orloff? I want to say the Cullinan. And that is correct. Yeah, because that was a pretty, pretty massive diamond. <laughs> that was a pretty massive diamond. And they even named the car after it, so. Yeah, it, in its uncut state, it was actually 3,106 metric carats. Um, well, you've done your research. All right, last question. What yeah. is the record for most diamonds in a ring? Is it A, 5,555, B, 6,666, or C, 7,777? What country is this in? For, uh, for the world? Uh, Yeah, this is world record. Oh, God. And could you tell me what type of jewellery it is? Is it fine jewellery or it would have to be fine jewellery because I don't think it's going to be hip-hop jewellery. Yeah, that's um, right. Oh gosh! And what is the what's the second the second answer? Uh, six thousand six hundred sixty-six. I'm gonna go with B. B. It is actually C. Seven thousand seven hundred and seventy-seven. That's a lot of diamonds to fit in one ring. Tell me about it, man. Uh, it is on an eighteen-carat gold base, which has been valued at four point nine million dollars. 
Yeah, I don't think you've made anything that expensive. Just <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Expensive piece you've probably made is six figures. I don't. We haven't made anything for a million just yet. I'm sure it's pending. Yeah, hopefully. All right. Last thing I want to ask you is: so recently, you know, it's the end of year wrap up. So you know, Spotify has its wrapped feature, mm. and Apple Music has replay. Uh, do you know who your top artist was? For oh, no, I, didn't, I actually didn't even see them. And you know, I saw a lot of other people's ones, but I didn't even do my own. Um, but I can tell you, you probably would be. Who, yeah, who, who do you reckon it is? How many is it? Is it five, yeah? Or, or how, what is it? Five, ten? It's usually five, but you can give as many as you want. All right. Um, I definitely um, been listening to a lot of Drake. Um, I've definitely been listening to a lot of um, Lil Durk. Um, so that's Drake, Lil Durk. Who else have I been listening to? Ooh, recently, King Von, because he, uh, he passed away. Um, yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. Um, who else have I been listening to, really? And there's a, like a South African genre called Ama Piano. It's like um, it's that sort of house. It's like house music. Um, I've been listening to a lot of that. Um, I'm trying to think. I can even look at my phone now, actually. I don't know why I'm trying to do it off the top of my head. Um, there's a new artist called Vori. Okay. Yeah, I've been listening to some Rimsey um, from Clapton, London. Um, and I've been listening to Wizkid. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And a lot of Young Blue. He's got a song featuring Drake. Who's, who is that, sorry? Young Blue. He's got something. Young Blue. Drake. Yeah, I would even play it for you right now, but I don't know. <laughs> I'll check that out, man. <laughs> oh, I'd be Block Europe. I've been listening to a lot of them as well. Yeah, I rated their last mixtape still. Yeah, yeah. My music moves so fast nowadays, I don't even like it. I don't even get time to, for it to settle in before somebody has something else. And you, you, and you know what it is? Unless you have a lot of time, you don't really get to listen to and take in a lot of this music because by the time... You've downloaded one mixtape album. The next day, something else is out. The next day, something else is out. And it takes a while to process like 20 songs. You can't just listen to it for a week and be like, yeah, this is the best album ever. You need to sit with it. No, I hear that. And you don't really get that time to sit with music anymore. Mm, yeah, I hear that. Like, for me, when it's when it's a banging album, that's when I keep listening to it. But like, yeah. a lot of the time, I'll kind of, even if I like it, I'll, I'll listen to it for a little bit. And then it's just, and then I won't listen to it again for time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's a streaming era, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, man. Well, Zoli, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on. Mm. Um, and honestly, wish you all the best in, you know, the new store. Um, and yeah, man, keep in touch. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it, man. Um, I always like doing this podcast. This ain't the first one I've done. I've done a few. Um, and it's always a pleasure, you know what I mean, sharing a story and, and um, seeing the journey. So um, I appreciate you having me on here, Liam. All right. Respect, man. All right. Okay. Take care. So there we have it, Zolly to sell. 
head of design and co-owner of Ice Jewels. Big up Zali, man. He's doing really well. He's living the dream, man. He's getting paid well to do what he loves. He's traveling the world. He's meeting a lot of great people. He's encountering these great opportunities. And I'm here for it, honestly. If you want to see some of his work, you can follow him on Instagram. That's zolly.icejewels. And you can also follow Ice Jewels on Instagram. Uh, I will post the links in the notes, but that is that is just Ice Jewels. You need to check out the piece that he's just done for Marcus Rashford. Jeez. I saw the piece and I was like, was that the piece, Zolly? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so moving on to my TV show recommendation for this week. Now, this is a show that I watched very recently. I just finished it. I think it's yesterday I finished it. But honestly, it's so funny. The show is called Barry. Now, Barry is a hitman and he goes to LA to complete a job. And there he discovers that he would like to pursue a career in acting. So it shows him trying to get out of the hitman business and into acting. Uh, it's a dark comedy. It is so funny. Like it's, it's just right up my street, man. You can find this on Sky Comedy. It's half an hour episodes, 10 episodes per series. And there are two series so far. But yeah, I, I think you will all enjoy this. It's a great show. Shout outs again for tuning in. Big up all the people that have been listening so far. Big up everyone that's sharing it. Um, all the people telling me that they're enjoying the show. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, man, so much love for that. I'll be back next week with more content for you. So make sure you are back. Tell your friends tell your parents tell your dog yeah man some good content coming for you shout out Jurgen Klopp although I need you man to fix up because I don't like seeing Man United at the top of the league shout out Larry David big up TJ Detweiler and yeah shout outs to all of you safe